Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where every week we discuss the latest issues surrounding the complicated world of personal finance. Each week, join Walter Storholt and certified financial planner Dan Capril as they help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. And for more information on today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. This is the Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Walter back with you alongside Dan Capril, certified financial planner, president of Matson and Capril. And on today's podcast, it's time for the mailbag, where we take questions from listeners throughout the area, which, by the way, if you want to submit a question to maybe be featured on a future podcast, you can do that by going to quizdan.com and simply click clicking the button that says Quiz Dan. And uh, we'll go to Reggie for our first question of the week. Over the river and through the woods and over the Rhine we go for Reggie's question. Uh, I have 15 rental properties all paid for, he says, wow, but I don't great. have very much money in other types of investments. I love the income that I'm currently getting from the properties, but I'm wondering if I should sell one of them so that I can invest in some different assets. Wow. Well, first of all, Reggie, kudos to you. 15 rental properties all paid for. It's fantastic. One of the challenges with rental properties is they're often not paid for, and um, the owners run a negative cash flow because they have to service the loans that are greater than the, the money they're getting in rent. So the first thing I would say to you, Reggie, is assuming they're all occupied or you don't have an occupation problem, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily recommend you sell the properties if they're working for you. I mean, you have a business here, right? This is really no different than if you had a, um, a car dealership or a bakery or something like that. This is a business. And um, in the end, it's all about cash flow. The challenge you're going to have to ask yourself, Reggie, over time is are the demands of being a property owner, are they worth it to you? Because like small businesses, it requires a day-to-day deal. And I don't know how you're situated, of course, but you know, if you're personally handling a lot of the crises that occur from plumbing to burglary to you know, whatever can happen to, your, to 15 units, a lot of units, so things happen when you have 15 units. You know, you have to ask yourself, is that the level of involvement that you still want to take? And if you hire a management firm, is the cut that they're taking, is it worth it to you in that it's, it's eating away in your profits? So on the face of value, uh, real estate is not something that I, I typically, in this instance, would have a diversification issue with. Certainly, I mean, there, there can be economic forces that can hurt real estate. I get that. So again, I don't, underst- I don't know the specifics of yours. Now, in terms of just in general, though, should you own other things? I mean, it's never going to hurt you to own other things. And if you're going to do that either through selling some of your properties or using your cash flow to invest in other things, yeah, that's wise, especially if you ever went through a period where, for whatever reason, vacancies became high. So, But here's what you need to also understand, Reg, and hopefully I can call you Reg, Reggie, um, is that you're going to have some tax issues associated with liquidating those properties. So you're going to need to take that into consideration. Now, there are multiple strategies you can do to minimize or even eliminate that tax, all right? I, I'm not gonna go into them all here. There's just too many, all right? What I'm gonna suggest you do, or anybody out there, if you've got you know, real estate property that you're looking to potentially liquidate, I'll be more than happy to, to give you some of those ideas, all right? So you know, just give my office a call, 513-563-PLAN, and I will um, share those with you, things you can do. But just understand that, okay? And the other thing, too, is which property do I sell? There's so many factors we need to, to weigh out here. So I, I like the idea of, of owning more things, 
But I also like the fact that you've got multiple properties here. So in your case specifically, as it's been laid out to me, I don't necessarily think you got to rush out and go out and sell one, but there is going to become a point in your life where maybe being a property owner isn't going to be as desirous. Because the nice thing about a stock and bond portfolio, Reggie, is you don't have to paint it. You don't have plumbing issues. You don't have vacancy issues. I mean, the portfolio is truly, truly passive. And um, real estate ownership, as you know, can be a little bit more involved than that. And I mean, I've seen some, some of my clients have done really well, but they're also playing the role of, you know, janitor or supervisor. So something breaks at two in the morning, they're the ones getting out of bed and going. And at some point that can get old. So weigh that out, a lot of taxable implications associated with it, but a lot of good strategies that can be done. So if you're a real estate owner, you want to talk about some of those, like I said, 513-563-PLAN or go to quizdan.com. If you scroll down the bottom, you can schedule time to talk with me. Very cool. That's quizdan.com, a place to go online. Maybe that's even where you're listening to the podcast. You can listen to past shows there and also find out more great information about planning for your financial future and uh, some of the things that might impact you in different ways. Rental properties, always an interesting discussion because the advice can be so different depending on how many you have, where you are in your life, lots of different considerations. So great question, Reggie. Here's another one from Jane in Milford. Jane says, I've heard that my long-term care insurance premium premiums might go up. Are they allowed to do that? Well, they sure are, Jane. You know, a lot of times we have the assumption that they won't, but in this day and age, it's almost guaranteed to happen. So um, yeah, they're going to go up. Uh, They can go up. It's definitely um, legal for them to go up. You have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared for those increases that can occur simply because... um, the claims experience that insurance companies have with long-term care, it's limited. So as these things happen, they're going to raise premiums. Now, they can't just raise premiums on you. They have to do it across the board within your class, but know that. Now, there's things you can do to soften the blow. and You can modify the coverage. Sometimes that means taking less coverage, but I'd rather you have less coverage than no coverage. So you have to be prepared for that. This is um, like many expenses, like your homeowner's insurance. That's going to go up over time. Your auto insurance, that's going to go up over time. Uh, Long-term care, that's going to go up. But it's not a reason to abandon it. You just need to review it. Review it regularly you know, with the agent who provided it to you. It's uh, so important to think about all those different angles when it comes to long-term care. And we talked about that topic in depth on our previous podcast a little bit more. So, Jane, it would be good to go on to quizdan.com and uh, just go to the one before our mailbag podcast, and you'll see that one's about health care. And we cover long-term care issues in there as well. You can get some more mm-hmm. details and information, which uh, might be helpful. Ricky has our last question of the week in the mailbag, and Ricky is in Indian Hill. And says, I think, oh, you're going to love this, Dan. (laughs) I think we have another four or five good years of stock market growth. Do you agree? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, Ricky, I'm glad that you're optimistic. Uh, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Now, do I think over time it's likely the stock market's going to go up? Of course I do. If I was to flip a coin over the next four to five years, do I think it would be higher? Well, yeah, but that's not based on what the economic forces at hand. It's just over time markets tend to go up. But look, the biggest mistake that you or any investor can make is try to time markets. Can't be done. And the reason it can't be done, well, you can do it. You just can't do it skillfully. Let me put it to you that way. And the reason I say that is because it's, the markets are always going to react to news. And news is unpredictable. So unless you can get news before anybody else gets it, 
you're just speculating. You know, there's a great show on Showtime if you ever watch. Actually, I wouldn't call it a great show, but it's an interesting show. It's called Billions. And it's about a corrupt hedge fund manager. And it's all about how he gets insider knowledge. He gets information before anybody else gets it. And he's able to achieve high rates of return as a result. But that's illegal. And uh, the show's all about the the district attorney who's trying to put him in jail because he is manipulating markets and you know he does a lot of unscrupulous things. So look, markets, investment markets, equity markets as a whole go up over time, at least historically. There's no guarantee to that. They're not going to do it in a linear fashion. That I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you you're not going to get the same rate of return every year. Part of your portfolio should be in stocks for the long term because over time they are a great vehicle for beating inflation and giving you real growth above inflation. So I, I feel strongly that there's probably a role for equities in everybody's portfolio, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are. The, the difference is the percentage and the type of equities that should be in there. But avoid this. I have no idea where the markets are going to go. It's funny how we're now over 20,000 because back when they were 10,000, people would ask me, you know, where's the market going to go? And I would first tell them I have no idea. And they would look at me like I should have an opinion. I said, oh, okay, I know where they're going to go. <laughs> I said, the, the, the Dow is going to go to 20,000. I just don't know when. Well, it turns out it was in 2017. <laughs> but I didn't know that, okay? Um, look, the year I was born, the Dow was trading at 600. Think about that. Mm. That was 1963. It was trading at 600. Wow. That's quite a few doublings. I'll have to figure out how many doublings that is when we're done with this show. But that doubled a lot. So now, since 1963 till now, there has been a ton a bad economic news, a ton. I mean, just Google the 1970s. Holy cow. You know, not only was it bad for fashion and music, it was really bad for economics. And we had the Nixon issues and Vietnam was still in full force. And, you know, I mean, what, what's going on in the Middle East is horrible. The Vietnam War, in my opinion, far, far worse. Hit home a lot harder than what we deal with here. So point is, it's bad news. And yet, the life we lead and the markets we have today far greater than the past. So I do think markets go up over time. But if you're asking me over the next four to five, your, your, uh, your opinion is as valid and it is mine. I honestly don't have an opinion uh, what they're going to do because my only opinion is I don't know. So and as a result, my portfolio, the portfolio for my clients is set up in a way that if markets go down, we've accounted for that. Markets go up, we've accounted for that. We're not going to try to hit home runs in the short term. We're going to build a portfolio for as, as much as we can steady consistent growth so five you know, there's a, a little more than five doublings by the way was your, a little more than five more okay than great five. yeah so that's over 54 years so you know it basically doubles on average i guess every 10 years pretty pretty exact um, almost yeah Amazingly. so it works it works it that way so there's a there's a good chapter in my book uh, retirement rescue it's it the chapter is called in fact it's the first chapter in the book it's called there is no nostradamus and it's just about this that there is no one who can predict the market so Ricky, if you or um, any of our listeners want a copy of the book, I'll be happy to send you one for free. In fact, I'll send you more than the book. I'll send you a number of things in, in our Retirement Rescue Toolkits. I'll send you an audio piece. Uh, there's a new report that we just came out that's going in there called um, Five Ways to Diffuse the Ticking Text Time Bombs. That's in there. There's some fun things in there, too. So we call it the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, just either um, you know go to quizdan.com. You can click on that. You can also text the word retire to triple five triple eight. And if you do that, you're going to get a link back. You got to hit the link, enter your data, and we'll send that out. Call my office. That's another way. Real easy. 513-563-PLAN. 
That's 513-563-7526. So good questions um, in the mailbag today. Yeah, the, the one is people, listen, um, news is unpredictable. Markets react to news. So if news is unpredictable, markets react to news, markets are unpredictable, right? I mean, I think we can all agree that news cannot be predicted successfully. But if you could give me next week's newspaper today, we could make a lot of money. In fact, we wouldn't even play stocks. I would just bet sports is what I would do. (laughs) Yes, Because I could double my money instantly overnight. You get some nice returns playing some parlays and things like that, right? Holy smokes. Just just give me the horse section for one track. I wouldn't even need the whole paper, you know. You give me Belmont for next week. Next week's results today will make a killing. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, It'd be very easy to do, no doubt about it. Well, quizdan.com, the place to go to submit your questions to the mailbag to be featured potentially on a future podcast. And that's also the place you can go to uh, request a retirement rescue toolkit. And the other way, again, you can text the word retire to 555-888. Click on the link and fill out the info, and we'll mail you one of those toolkits. Or you can call the old-fashioned way, 513-563-PLAN. 513-563-7526. This has been another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.